Okay. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this week we'll be dealing with issues of COVID uh, and Hilchot Shabbos. Um, there is a separate share regarding masks and a few other issues, but today I want to start on page 200, where we're going to be dealing with uh, two, maybe three major sugyas, depending on how long uh, time permitting. The first is a question of using Elkagel, Purell, sanitizers, um, in this, uh, in the context of uh, of Shabbos and and COVID, the second is an issue of thermometers measuring uh, when you're going to public buildings, uh, hospitals, and possibly shuls in certain communities in Chutzaret. They are have uh, thermometer guns at the door. Is that permitted on Shabbat? Uh, finally, if we have time, we'll get to medical staff going home on uh, on Shabbat, driving home. Um, so those are the main three topics that I want to discuss uh, discuss today, okay? So, uh, let's, let's begin uh, with the issue of sanitizers on Shabbat. Now, one of the nice things about, I think, for me, about Hilchot Shabbos is that, uh, sorry, about Hilchot COVID, is that often uh, sidelined halachot that are often forgotten uh, somehow being brought into the spotlight. So one of these things is a malacha called memachik. The malacha of memachik is in the in the, the the Mishnah is one of the thirty-nine malachot, and the background of memachik was it was one of the malachot to um, to how you produce the leather. So after tanning the leather, what they used to do was they used to remove any type of um, remaining hair on the on the uh, um, leather on the skin, and they used to do that by uh, uh, almost like a, a scalpel or using um, <clears throat> a rough surface to 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 uh, grind it away, and that was mamachik. So you smoothing out. The purpose of mamachik was to smooth out the surface. And the way it was done was by removing a something on top that was acting as some type of interposition. However, there is a derivative holder of this malacha is called memareach. Now, memareach is also smoothing, but the, the way it is done is exactly the opposite. If the memachek is you had to remove the top surface or the top layer in order to get a smoother uh, a final product, the memareach does the opposite. I add a layer on top of a surface and spread that layer out. Now, based on that, based on that, we have a, uh, 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 the Gemara brings, can a person close up a barrel using a very thick type of oil? So says the Gemara in Shabbos Kuf Memvav, Mishcha Rav Asal Ushmul Shari. Rav says it's prohibited, and Shmuel says it is permitted. Explains the Gemara. Man da Asar Gazrinan Mishum Shaba, the one who prohibits 
oil is because of the problem of wax. Wax, if I were to clog it up with mamariach. However, oil is not an issue of mamariach, but it's an issue of the rabbanan because we are concerned that people will get confused between oil and wax. But according to Shmuel, we don't make such a rabbinic decree because um, the, the confusion between oil and wax is, according to Shmuel, not, uh, not great, uh, and therefore you don't have to worry about it. How does the Shulchan Aruch rule? It says the Shulchan Aruch in Orachaim Shin Yudalet, Asur litain sha'ava or shemen av benekev hachavit lesotmo. It is prohibited, it's forbidden to place wax or thick oil in the hole of the barrel. Why? Because by doing so, you spread it out. And if you spread it out, that would be a problem. Now, just before we get to that, uh, based on this, one would think that it would be prohibited to spread um, spread your your peanut butter on your on your on your loaf of bread on Shabbos, right? Or you want to put some margarine on your challah. According to what we've just uh, said, could that be an Isser of Mamareach? So basically, the Mordechai tells us that when it comes to tanning, which is Ibud, Ibud, the Malach of Ibud doesn't apply to Ochlin, doesn't apply to food. And therefore, the, uh, the a derivative of the tanning process was also mamachic. And therefore, it stands to say that also mamachic doesn't apply to food. And basically, the darkem, the ramai is makel where you could eat the food without smearing it. So basically, uh, I don't know, you, you could theoretically eat peanut butter without smearing it on, the, uh, on your loaf of bread, right, or on your piece of bread. And therefore, there's no problem. Mishnah does say one who wants to be machmir bracha, but in principle we are limiting this uh, prohibition not to the kitchen. Okay, this this, this uh, prohibition and this malacha doesn't apply to the to the kitchen. However, it does apply as we just saw over here, and the Shulchan Aruch is machmir even regarding oil. And the Mishnah points out if you look at the wording of the of the Shulchan Aruch, sha'ava or shemen av wax or a very thick oil says the Mishnah although there's no prohibition of miruach when it comes to oil asur it is prohibited the shava there's a rabbinic decree because you might come to mix it up with wax but this is specifically when it comes to a thick type of oil since there is the possibility of kind of spreading it, so therefore there's a, there's a concern that people will get confused. So that means if it's something is, is very liquidy, then there's no concern at all. We don't have to worry about it. It's only a concern if you have to kind of spread it out that that would be a problem. And this is how the Shmirat Shabbat Kiel Chata Paskins we cannot use any type of, you know, the soap. Today, it's quite uncommon, I think, to have like a bar of soap. But uh, 
you know, a decade ago, it was uh, that was a standard soap. And it says the Shmirat Shabbat, any that type of soap is going to be a problematic. But if the soap is a liquid soap, that would, wouldn't be a problem. That's got the din of oil, and therefore this isn't an issue at all. Now, Rav Moshe Feinstein takes issue with this uh, with this halacha, and he says as follows: Even though uh, this type of soap, in which is as thin as water, after our although it's almost universally accepted that you can use this liquid soap, ein baruli Rav Moshe Feinstein is not uh, convinced that it, this is permitted. Right? Which is basically a law there. And it, uh, you can use that law that you spread it out on one's body. As opposed to if I would just rub it on my... Uh, on my skin with with the with the liquid where it is, but rather I kind of make a, a a lather when I mix it with water or rub it, and then then that lather According to this, there still is a problem of mamachik. Um, and he admits that it could be that when it comes to something liquid. The prohibition doesn't begin, but he's not convinced, and therefore, So Ramosh Panzi was actually very, very machmir, uh, which is not the standard approach of most poskim. Most poskim accepted, as we saw of Shlomo Zaman Arbach, you're talking about liquid soap, there's no problem to begin with. The possible question could come in is when the viscosity of the liquid um, is very, very, if the liquid is is very, very uh, solid-like, now we could be coming into a problem. Now, Rav Eliakim Levanon discusses this uh, uh, gel that they uh, use. This uh, In Israel, they call it Elkajol. I think that's just the name of the, uh, of the, of the, um, of the Chevra. But I'm um, of the firm, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it's called. I think it's Purell in in the states is a big uh, big company. So he was asked, and his answer, he gives us a very good uh, way to test things. If it is liquid, that when you turn over the vessel, it pours out. Or if you place it on a, a slanted surface, the soap will, you know, draw downward to the bottom. In such a case, is no problem. But if you would pour it there, and it would just sit there, that would be problematic to do to use that on Shabbat. But he gives a very simple solution. You basically pour the letter into your hand, you add water, and as soon as you add water, it becomes even if the um not sure the consistency 
is too solid at the outset, but as soon as you run water on it and it, 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 it makes it a, a, a liquid, that would be permitted. And that's pretty much what I do on Shabbat. Every time I wash my hands, I don't check before how, how you know, if the, if the soap is, um, is, is, is very liquidy or not. Just you, you add a bit of water in your hands before rubbing, and it pretty much solves the problem 99% of the time. One of the challenges that I've seen. Can I say something? Yes, please. The, there may be a difference between soap and the alcohol. Why would that be? The alcohol, well, one, many times you don't have water available when you're using the alcohol. Right. And two, if you dilute the alcohol, you're probably defeating the purpose. You need a certain percentage of alcohol. It's the alcohol that's working that's killing the, um, the virus. The soap, you have to leave on your hands for a certain amount of time. So eventually the soap will kill it, but the alcohol works on a, on a percentage of alcohol when you dilute it with, if you dilute it with water, then it's probably ineffective. Wow, okay. Um, okay I didn't know that, that if you, <laughs> if you dilute it with water, it's I ineffective. I don't know that for sure, but I, I think it's logical. You, you think that the, because, look, I'll tell you where I have found the problem. The problem is, is like, uh, for example, uh, on Shabbos in Shul, anyone gets an aliyah, they, they, they have a, they have like a alcohol there. And there, the problem is you don't have water. So that definitely is a, is a problem that I see, um, you know, regarding the, whether you should dilute it or not. In many cases, it's just practic it's not practically a, uh, a possibility. And Einachinami, if that is the case, then one should preferably get, uh, one should make sure that the soap in the shuls and in the places where you cannot dilute it, or if you don't want to dilute it for, for as, uh, as you said, doctor, that maybe it, 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 that it loses its uh, efficacy. In such a case, you should uh, make sure that the consistency is quite liquidy and, and basically can, is, is more running. If it, there's a picture over here um, of two different, uh, it basically says, uh, I'm just going to, here we go. If you see over here on the left, um, this is quite liquidy. And on the right, that is uh, more of a solid type of alcohol, which, uh, which ain't achinami, according, according to what we're saying over here if you cannot dilute it with water or if there isn't uh, or if you don't want to dilute it with water, this might be a problem on Shabbos, okay? So, uh, and this is really the opinion of that, that, that basically most of the poskim, oh, sorry, uh, my screen just, where did it go? One second. Um, do this wipes is, represent a problem? Wipes, uh, that's an interesting question. Do wipes represent a problem? There's a famous, uh, this, the, the, the question of wipes comes up uh, regarding uh, babies uh, and that you wiping, a, cleaning a baby in a nappy and, and, and cleaning that. Most poskim, again, it depends how much uh, liquid is going to be squeezed out of the wipe. When it comes to the wipe, it could be a, a separate problem over there. Uh, generally, the poskim are not so bothered with mimareach, uh, 
um, because you're not really trying to spread it. You're trying to kind of just clean things up. There, the, the, the possibility of, or the possible problem is schita, right? Is, is a problem of, of sochet, um, which is, could be a problem of malaben, could be all, all types of problems. So the, the, the bottom line is if it is a very, very liquidy um, kind of wipe, there's also could be a problem. It could be a problem for a different reason, and that could be a problem of schita. Right, uh, so you have to. That, so that's uh, it. Could be a solution, but it it, it brings its own problems. <laughs> Let's call it like that. It brings its own problems. Um, um, here, Rav David Herber of the Star K actually gives us a, a scientific approach to measuring the viscosity. I don't really understand it, and I don't think I don't know if they they actually mark this on the bottle. So I'm not sure if this is going to help. But he says, if you just look at source number four, he says, uh, one may use a diluted fluid if the viscosity of the diluted product is 100 CP or less. So he's, he's basically giving you a scientific measure called 100 CP. But I don't know if any of the bottles actually mark that uh, that on their on their on their bottles. So I'm not sure if it's really gonna gonna help us. Uh, it could help us, uh, I suppose, if you do a, th a thorough investigation of every product uh, before Shabbos, you could probably find it somewhere on the internet. Uh, the uh, TP level. Are, okay. are we going to mention the medical aspects of this? I.e., we're using it not because we want to just wash our hands or clean our hands. We're using it for preventive uh, prevention of spread of infection. Right, right. Is that coming up? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's part of it. We'll see. We'll see. It's part okay. of it. Um, and here, Rav Schwartz says, he says like this: Rav Schwartz said, using a hand sanitizer such as Purell on Shabbos to Yantav is no different than using liquid soap, uh, even though the Igrot Moshe holds that it is not permissible, but many poskim hold that it is permitted, and Rav Schwartz accepts this latter approach, right? And he says. Um, that hand sanitizers and hand soaps may contain fragrances, uh, but we, we don't worry about that. It's not a problem of molly, according to most poskim, so we don't have to worry about it. Also, uh, Rav Asher Bush, uh, Bush says, um, based on the Shulchan Aruch, Rav Herschel Schechter has pointed out that applying olive oil and the substances of the same viscosity are permitted on Shabbos. Accordingly, the liquid forms are clearly permitted on Shabbos following the now I, I, to, to answer you Dr. Zuckerbrod I, I think the answer is that it's not a medical question because there definitely are um alcohol or, or, or sanitizers that are completely halachically permitted so it just takes a bit of planning ahead that you know for Shabbos you just make sure that the the sanitizer that you're going to be putting in the shul is is a sanitizer that is that is uh, more liquidy than not. You know, I don't think we need to worry about. Um, I, I think all the poskim say, look, there's definitely there's no problem, but just make sure that you're using the right one. That's that's pretty much the, uh, uh, the, the what I've seen. Now, Rav uh, Rav Yitzchak Mordechai Ruben says, "Binyana shimush benozel chitu amechona elkajol." Again, he talks about the distinction and he's not prepared to be makel 
I think for the simple reason that we don't need to go there. We don't need to go there because we can find uh, many sanitizers that do the job um, and, and, and that would be okay. Uh, I'm, I'm very uh, nervous to say this in front of the doctors in the audience, but I did, I think I read yesterday that there was some study that basically said there's no difference between soap and, and, uh, and sanitizer. Now, based on what you just told me, that doesn't make sense, right? Because you're saying the alcohol is the, the thing that, uh, that killed it. But anyway, no, the point- there is, there is a difference. Right. Yeah, you have to do for at least 15 to 20 seconds, right? You can't just put it on your hands and, and wash it off. You have to keep it on, right? Uh -huh. You're supposed to sing like happy birthday or something. <laughs> for the soap to be effective, it has to stay on for uh -huh. a while. While the alcohol gel, you put it on and you just wipe your hands and it, it, it evaporates relatively quickly. And so there is that difference. The, the, the concept of the alcohol gel, I mean, this started, I mean, for example, Hadassah Hospital years ago put yeah. at each bedside what they call Hadassol. They made it themselves. Initially they bought it, but then they decided it's cheaper to make it themselves. And that's very liquidy because they don't put any, uh, any cream or, or, or anything into it. Um, right. So, uh, but the, but the, the point is that the, the um, alcohol is, is meant to be used without water. When you okay. don't have water available, in other words, every, if you're gonna wash your hands with water, the, the, the concept was people aren't gonna do it. The doctors, the nurses, they're not gonna do it because they have to go to the sink, they have to, you know, then you have to dry your hands. You use this type of a substance, then everybody can use it quickly without a problem. You don't need a paper towel, and you can do it very quickly. So, so there is a difference. So that's very interesting. That's very interesting because maybe that will, uh, maybe you know, it's, it's, uh, you can you can tell us whether the magenta Ram over here would actually apply to the alcohol based on what you just said. Why? Because the magenta Ram has a very very interesting leniency. He says like this. The, the, the din of Mamareach is only when basically you want the surface, the, the, this uh, cream or whatever it is, to stay on top. Over here he's referring to spitting on the ground or whatever. He says, since you want it to be completely absorbed, then it wouldn't be a problem. Now look at the Shmirat Shabbat Kiel this is uh, um, now this 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 famously became a question, for example, when you have a baby that's got a nappy rash. Um, what do you call it in uh, America? Diaper rash. I don't know what the what's the a diaper rash, right? So you, you now you're talking about a baby that's a choile she she ein bosakana, but it's a choile, um, and the, the baby's got a, a diaper rash. So you have to put on some type of cream or ointment. To uh, to deal with it, right? So says says Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, and and this is based on the Magen Avraham that we just saw. Let's see Shmirat Shabbat Kilchata inside. Vayen b'da Torah shemadayek milashon Magen Avraham shegam mishcha mutar limroach al kol panim b'chol eshem bosakana heicha de kavanato lavliach lavliach betocha basar. That if the purpose is that the whatever it is this. Uh, material should be absorbed in the skin. That is not the mareach. And based on what the Magen Avram said, that then it's not a problem. 
Now, the, the Shmirat Shabbat itself, Rav Noivitz, is not so convinced about this uh, opinion of the Magen Avram. However, he quotes, Basically, if you were to take some type of cream and dissolve it to the point that it's completely absorbed in the person's skin, that is not considered it's only a problem when the cream remains like above the surface and you want it to smoothen out the, 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 the give like a smooth surface. Now, based on this, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach famously was makel regarding these baby creams for the diaper rash, etc. Um, uh, based on this, that if a baby has got a, 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 a you know, some type of uh, rash, and you, it's a so rely on this. Now, I'm not sure that perhaps basically what you've said, uh, the description of why they created this alcohol, maybe that is really the same idea, can be applied regarding alcohol. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm not uh, in the medical field, but the, the it seems like one, one, could, one could adapt what Rav Klomazaman said about that to the alcohol, no? The, the problem is the... The material that's sold in the stores is different than the hardisol. The hardisol was pure liquid, like water, and it would evaporate completely. While what they sell in the stores, I think they put some emollient in it to help your hands. Right. So, because uh -huh. one of the problems that we had was our hands would become chapped a little bit because we're using this um, hardisol many times a day. Every time we see a new right. patient, we had to use it, so we would irritate their hands a little bit. So what they sell does have something in it besides it's not pure liquid. So again, uh -huh. I but so I I can't you know ask you or anything about that, but right. but it's not pure liquid. Hello. It, it it's not pure liquid. That that's all I can say. That it right. that there is maybe some cream in it. There is some cream in it. And so, so if you look at it, just look at Rav Asher Bush uh, in the last paragraph. He says over here, accordingly, if gel is thin and easily poured, it is viewed in by the halacha as liquid and may be applied without any hesitation. In cases where there is a fear of communicable diseases and neither liquid nor a thin gel is available, there is certainly room to permit the use of hand sanitizer provided one was careful to fully rub it into the skin until it was no longer noticeable. So there you go, Dr. Zuckerberg. That's, that's the leniency, that basically what are we doing? We are taking the, call it the heter of the Magen of Ram and saying, look, you don't have a choice. If you use a sanitizer that is completely liquid, no problem. If you happen to be in an area where you need to wash your, you know, you need to use the alcohol gel and it's made of a viscosity that is more solid than liquid, then here in our, in our situations, Rav Bush is basically telling us that if, as long as you rub it completely into your skin, that would be the heter that basically we would be relying on and there's precedent for it the Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach for the, the child and uh, uh, based on the Magen Avram. And here, certainly in today's uh, generation where the Chashash Sakana also plays into, into this. 
Okay, so that's uh, that's the general overview of that topic and how it applies uh, uh, in general. By the way, this din of Mimareach also comes up. Uh, many poskim felt that this was the problem regarding toothpaste. Um, Rav, Rav Moshe Feinstein, uh, in his truva, he mentions Mimareach regarding toothpaste. Rav, Rav Soloveitchik argued. Rav Soloveitchik felt that, that uh, uh, the toothpaste was, uh, you know, not there to smoothen out your teeth. It's there to be put on your teeth, and then you 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 kind of get rid of it straight away, and therefore it's not a problem of the mareach. Uh, Rav Ovad Yosef also was of that opinion. So that's another call it ramification of this malacha called mareach. Perhaps when we do Hilchot Shabbos, we'll go into it uh, slightly more. Okay, the next topic, which I think is very very practical and and uh, opens up the, the, the Sedgeway for many, many uh, practical halachic ramifications that we're going to see, I think already we're seeing in today's times, but definitely over the next decade, uh, this, this discussion is going to be more and more um, relevant. So at the outset, what could be the problem with using, using a thermometer? Right. So generally, our first problem is most of these th thermometers are basically run by an electric uh, current. Right. They 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 uh, they like these guns that you you walk into any any uh, supermarket and there will be a guy that takes your temperature and he's using an electric uh, device. Okay. So here the question is electricity. Now most poskim. Uh, in, in a very broad way of just summarizing it, most poskim disagree with the chazonish, and they hold that if it's just closing an electric circuit, it's only an isu derabanan, uh, only an isu derabanan uh, at, at, at maximum, and, and nothing more. Again, I'm not talking about when there is a filament, a heat source. If there is a heat source and there's a filament, then that is not a problem of closing the circuit, which according to the Chazonish was bone, but that might be another malacha called havara, right? Basically um, creating a fire. And that, that definitely would be an isodoraita according to most poskim. But if we're talking about just an electric circuit and most of these thermometer guns have an LED light. So the, the light that we are referring to is basically a chemical one and not a filament. And therefore there's no problem of Havara and it's only a problem of electricity. Now, if we assume that most poskim hold that electricity is only Durabanan. So here we have a, an interesting trial. Ken, what do you do with the Nisud Durabanan? Paskin Zashulchan Aruch in Arachayim Shin Zayin Tzifhei Something which is only a rabbinic prohibition. It's permitted to tell a non-Jew to do this rabbinic prohibition on Shabbos. On condition that there's a slight sickness. Or or there's a great necessity for it, or or for the sake of a mitzvah. Three possibilities when you can apply this heter to ask a goy to do an isadrabanan. What's called amirala goy or amirala akum. Amirala akum mitzvah, if it's an isadrabanan is permitted. A great need, well, we could argue that 
clearly in COVID times, making sure that people don't get sick is a great need. Uh, I think that would definitely fit into our category over here of making sure that there's, you know, the sickness doesn't spread. So it seems to be that asking a guy to stand at the door and take people's temperature when they come into shul would not necessarily be a problem. Kate said, explains the Shulchan Aruch, he brings examples, the shofars in the tree. There's an issue that are born to climb a tree on Shabbos. So you ask a guy to go climb the tree. That is fine. Now he does bring Yesh Osri, that there are those who prohibit it even regarding an Isur but we know the halacha is whenever the Shulchan Aruch says stam omrim, the halacha stam. So here, since he brought this as his major anonymous opinion, that is basically the halacha that we would we would uh, paskin. Now, uh, and this is uh, this is mentioned by Rav Mordechai Willig. Very simple. With shuls now opening sooner than later, can we use thermal thermometers to check people coming into shul on Shabbos and Yanta for fever? Says, uh, says uh, um, Rav Willig, it is permissible for a goy. Only a goy. You can't have a Jew standing at the door, right? Even though, lichora, it's an Isud but a Jew cannot even do an Isud for the sake of a mitzvah, right? So, so because of that, we cannot allow a Jew to do such a thing. Now, there might be another problem. Up until now, we've only been speaking about the problem of electricity. But the truth is there might be a second problem. And what could that second problem be? The Mishnah in Shabbos, Kuf Gimel, tells us, person writes two letters. In his right hand, his left hand, whether the same letter or different letters, right? or whether he did so using two different types of ink, in any bechol lashon, in any language, chayab, he is liable, right? Um, and, and basically, that's how the Shulchan Aruch paskant. Aval, says the Shulchan Aruch Arab, aval kershu kotev shu tavnit, akol shu tavnit ezek tav, any type of form of writing. Afilu enan otiyot yeduot ele shurigin lesamein ba'alma. But it's a mark that is known like Roman numerals, for example. That would be a problem. This would be a problem if you would write it on a surface that would, uh, that would be of semi-permanent stature. Now, why could this be a problem? Because on the, th on the thermal gun, right, there's a reading. And the reading is that the letters come up, whatever, 36.5 uh, uh, degrees, right? So when when you hope that that's the, what's coming up, right? So if, if it comes up, then you are causing writing. So if you're causing writing, now this could be an Isidoraita, Lichora. However, if we look at the last two words of the Shulchan Aruch Arav, he puts a very, very important clause that we know, which is very important for many of the Malachot on Shabbos, it has to be of some type of permanent nature. Now let's, for argument's sake, rule that permanent is 24 hours or more. Okay? Um, 
definitely the uh, screen, the LED screen will not keep it for, for 24 hours or longer. By the way, um, that, that, uh, that might be different regarding a Kindle. Um, part, of the, part of the reason why Kindle was so, is so preferred to uh, reading a, a book on your computer is because your eye tires uh, when you look at the computer screen. And the reason why it tires is because there is uh, every few milliseconds, it's renewing itself. The, the computer screen is renewing itself and that actually tires the eye. Um, and the Chidosh of Kindle was that basically it doesn't do that. It's, it's, it's semi-permanent. And because it's semi-permanent, right? Um, no, not that you should use it anyway. I'm saying there's a problem of, of electricity, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm saying besides that, there might be a, a, a serious, uh, possibly a Torah violation of, you know, putting up, putting up a page on the Kindle. And by the way, there might be another problem. And that is if you're learning, uh, if you're learning your Chumash on your Kindle, uh, I don't know if there is such a thing, but uh, assuming that I'm sure you can get a Chumash on, on, on Kindle. Um, and now there's Shem Hashem. The name of Hashem is written on the on your page, and then you you flip to the next page. Have you been of Memachek? Right? Of of Mochek Shem Hashem. Not 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 Memachek in terms of Yilchot Shabbos, but Mochek in terms of Mechikat Shem Hashem, which is an Nisr, whether you're reading it on Tuesday or, or Thursday now, makes no difference, right? Anyway. Be'ezrat Hashem, when we, when we do Hilchot Shabbos, maybe we'll explore that, uh, that uh, further. But the point is that for our purposes, this, dis this display on these thermal guns is clearly not of a permanent nature. Now, it's interesting because Rav Yitzchak Rubin, uh, who is the author of Orchot Shabbos, um, which is a, a very important Sefer Halacha in Hilchot Shabbos, he writes as follows. Bedavar, now in, in Israel, we don't have uh, people measuring us when we're going to shuls, I don't think. Um, as opposed to, for example, I know in South Africa they were doing it, uh, or they are doing it. Um, and apparently, maybe in the States as well, I'm not sure. But uh, we do have in Israel that if you want to go visit someone on Shabbos in the hospital, there's a person standing at the door and will take your temperature. So this became a shayla. There is a concern of Malach on Shabbos. First of all, the electric current or uh, circuits that are being employed. As well as the writing on the... Um, <coughs> On the on the display, and it makes no difference whether this is done by a god, a human person at the door. Even if it is automated, he says it's still going to be a problem. He says, so basically he says, 
Safek Bikwaf Nefesh, you can go into the uh, go into the hospital. But anything else, he says explicitly, Lo Latorech Bikur If you're just going to visit a sick person, that is not uh, permitted on Shabbos. So he says, the solution is that a guy should check it. In such a case, if a guy is doing it, then it would be permitted, right? A mirror the guy is permitted. We saw the Tzorich Mitzvah. So here, for the sake of the Tzorich Mitzvah, it wouldn't be a problem. But if it's not a guy, and what's interesting is that if it's not a guy, but even though it's automated, he's still machmir. And the question is why? So here, Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef explains what the issue is. And he says, basically, I'm just going to, uh, he says like this. Hatshuvayi, imamadad chom oved bofen otomati, ain baze shum shum Right? Um, now, what's his reasoning? His reasoning is, go down to the next paragraph, that I didn't actually write, I caused the screen to display it, which means I caused it to be writing. Now, just, I, I, mean, I mean, I know uh, you, you, you probably know what uh, psychiatry is, uh, so, but just for the sake of the, the sheer and people, other people that are listening, I'm just going to explain it very briefly. Psychiatry, by definition, is when I do action A, which is permitted on Shabbos, but by definition, action B will definitely occur, and that action is prohibited. That is what we call in Hilchot Shabbos psychiatry. And that is going to be prohibited, okay? So I do action A, walking. And action B is by me walking, a light is going to turn on. That is called a psychiatry. I open the fridge door, right? That is permitted. But by me opening the fridge door, the light in the fridge is going to, in the refrigerator is going to go on. That is a psychiatry. And therefore, it is prohibited for me to open the refrigerator door if the light hasn't been turned off. Says Rav, and, and that's accepted as halacha, psikrecha is going to be a problem. However, there are two other categories in halacha that we have to, uh, that we have to put into the, the cocktail. The first is, I'm doing action A, and we said action B is going to happen in, definitely. There, and that's prohibited. Is that prohibited the right or is that prohibited the Rabbanan? Is this a psikrasha or right or psikrasha the Rabbanan? Question number one. Question number two is, am I interested, am I happy that even though it wasn't my intention, but that in the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy with the result of action B taking place? Or do I not care and, uh, and I have no interest at all? Now, the obviously the most lenient uh, um, kind of mixture of that is the action that I'm causing, action B, is only a prohibition midrabanan, and I have no interest in it happening. I patli or lo what we call in halacha lo right? That says Rav 
now, now let's go back to Rav Yosef, Rav Yitzhak Yosef. Um, he says like this, ועוד, האיש העובר לא אכפת לו ממערכת האוטומטית הנמצאת בכניסה, וכל כוונתו להיכנס לבית חולים, listen, he doesn't care about it, he's just interested in going into the בית חולים, ממילא זה בגדר פסיקריישה דלא ניחלי בדרבנה. This is a פסיקריישה that is only a rabbinic prohibition and he's not interested in it. ודעת רבים מהפוסקים להקל בדבר. And many are מייקל regarding this. ויש לצוור לצרף לזה דעת התשומת הדשן. And one of the reshots in the תשומת הדשן holds that a פסיקריישה במלאכה דה רבנן גם בניחלי מותר. Even if it's ניחלי, it's going to be permitted. והבי האחרונים הסכימו איתו. And he's not a דעת יחיד. Many הלכיק אוטוריטיז follow that shit, huh? even though we don't generally pass in it. אבל בפסיקריישה דה רבנן דה לא ניחלי. But in this case, it's a psikreisha, it's a drabonen, and it's not nichalein. Par zeh abe poskim ekeilu vuadin kan, shu tzoed v'olech letumor, ve'ein lo shum kamana v'inyan b'tzilumo, v'lo medinat achom, shapir dami lahatir. So here Rav Yitzhak Yosef is arguing that it's considered psikreisha, drabonen, delo nichalein, and therefore it would be permitted. Now, the question is why Rav, uh, Rav Rubin of Orchot Shabbos was machmir. Now, there could be many reasons why he's machmir. Perhaps he holds that this is a psikreisha by the Rabbanan that's nichele, that he actually is happy with the result. Because in the end of the day, if you have a temperature, you want to know about it, I suppose. Maybe, maybe he holds like the Chazonish. In Bnei Brak, they often hold like the Chazonish. Possibly, possibly. Correct. Maybe, maybe that's uh, he's holding that uh, that the problem over here is the electric uh, the electricity, and because of that, uh, sorry, and my speaker came out, and because not sure what exactly the problem is, uh, whether he's it's because of the electricity issue, whether he thinks it's nichele, not sure. Um, but now look at the. Uh, um, Rav Osher Weiss, and I think this Rav Osher Weiss is, is, is very interesting because Rav Osher Weiss says like this. He gives a different reason. He says, I'll just read it out here. The call, she'ein adam kol inyan ba'afalat ma'arechet chashmalit elektronit, person has no intention of creating, of, of you know, using this electric circuit. They know He's just walking in his natural state. Rav Weiss is basically telling us it's not a psikreisha. Up until now, what have we been saying? We've been saying, look, it's a psikreisha, but it, according to Rav Yitzhak Yosef, it's a psikreisha, the Rabban and the Lord Nichelein, and therefore it's permitted. Rav Oshev Weiss is coming from a different angle. He's saying he doesn't think that this is a malacha. Now, if it's not a malacha, you don't have to get into the sugi of a psikreisha. Now, where, where, how, how can he say that it's not a psikreisha? We said the definition of psikreisha is you do action A, action B will definitely happen, and, 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 and shalom a yisrael. How can Rav Oshev Weiss say that our case, it's not a psikreisha, it's not a davar, it's not malacha at all? And I think the answer is based on a Rashba. The Rashba is, is commenting on a Gemara in Shabbos, um, Kuf Vav. And the Gemara in Shabbos, Kuf Vav, uh, basically describes the following scenario. 
if you have a, uh, a deer walks into your house and you want to close the door of your house, you want to close the front door, says the Rashba that you are allowed to close the door. And now listen to his words. He says, even if you are happy that the deer will be trapped. And everyone kind of jumps up and down and says, what was going through the Rashba's mind? This is a classic case of psikrasia. Not only is it a classic case of psikrasia, this is a psikrasia de Nikhale, right? He's, he's interested in trapping the deer. And nevertheless, the Rashba said it's permitted. Now, many, many of the Akronim trying to understand the Rashba. What exactly is the Rashba telling us? And I think um, uh, Rav Vosner was the first one who, who really used uh, this Rashba in his Chuva uh, about Jews in Sao Paulo that basically they all live in these uh, skyscraper apartments and uh, Shabbos, every time they walked uh, in the streets, the lights would go on. Every time they walked into the building, the lights would go on and therefore was a, a mamisha psikrasia. And he basically, based on this Rashba, if I'm not mistaken, he was, he was Makel. But um, when I, 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 once when I was in Yeshiva, I, I spent quite a lot of time uh, this, trying to understand this Rashba. Uh, and I think the answer is as follows, and this is my, my interpretation, so it could be wrong, but I think the answer is like this. When do we define something as a psychoratia and when do we not define something as a psychoratia? And the answer is, the way you define it is, imagine you are an onlooker and you are, you are viewing a person, okay? And you are asked the following question. What did that person do? What did he do? So if a person, right, uh, um, basically, now he, he, walked, he, he picked up a chair and he dragged it across the garden. That's what he did. And he also made a, uh, he also made a charitz. He also made a ditch. So that's the classic case of a picture. You see the person doing action one, but you also see the result, action two, there and then. And it's if you would ask an onlooker what the person's doing, well, he said he's doing A and B or A and, and, and a supplementary action that, that takes place. But now take the following scenario. A per person walks out of his house and there's some type of Google uh, um, uh, satellite in the, somewhere in space that as you walk out of your house, it takes a picture of you. And, and the, you ask the neighbor who's the onlooker, who, who says, please describe what Deron did uh, in the last 30 seconds. And he'll tell you, well, he, he walked out of his house and he walked 30 meters. Uh, but, but, he was, but according to the onlooker, onlooker doesn't see that, right? And, and, and so what I'm saying is there's certain secondary actions that are so far removed from the normal definition of what you are doing that even an on, no onlooker would say that you're even doing that second, uh, that second action. And that's a pshat of the Rashba. The Rashba says, any person that's closing a door, the answer is, what are you doing? You're closing a door. It's the front door is open of your house. You're closing the door. It's true that you are also trapping an animal, but that's any kind of, you know, objective person does not say that it's so clear that you did two actions. You're doing one action. That is the normal way people 
open doors and closed doors. That's what you do all day, every day in your, in your house. People walk all day, every day. That's a natural action. And we don't say that it also is a secondary action as well. And I think that's a shot of Rabosh Abayish. Rabosh Abayish is saying, Hebre. And, and, and I think this is why it's so important for all of Hilchot Shabbos, because this, this psak of the Rashba, I think, is going to become very, very, very relevant in so many aspects of this electronic world, that age that we are living in, where, you know, everything you do, something goes off and, some, and, and uh, something is created. So, so what are you going to do? You're not going to get out of your chair the whole of Shabbos, right? So the answer is, is that no, that these are natural actions that you're doing. And it's not considered a psikrasia. And I think that is, uh, that is a very important din. Because I'll give you another example. Every time a person walks into a room where there is, a, uh, there is some type of uh, aircon in the room, the, the fact that you've walked into the room is going to make the aircon go on or off uh, quicker. Because that's the nature of it. You're bringing heat into the room. So what are you going to say? that you cause the, the, the aircon to go on. So I think this is, again, it's, no one defines a person walking into the room as switching on an aircon. So that's just uh, food for thought. In the end of his chuva, he says something very, diff- uh, very interesting as well. He says, listen, if we're going to be machmir and we're going to start p- telling people not to come in to visit people, ultimately, you're going to cause... Uh, some people that are going to be machmir, even though they meant to come into hospital for themselves, they're not going to come in because ah, I can't go to the hospital because there's a guy who's uh, using a thermometer, right? Or whatever it is. So he says at the end, he says a person, and I think this is uh, this is also the the responsibility of the posek. The responsibility of the posek says sees not just this halacha in a in its own bubble, but right, sees the consequences of what it could lead to. And he says like this. He says. So he says, a person has to, we also have to be very worried about this because of uh, you, you, you might cause people not to go to hospital even though they should be going to hospitals. So I think that's a very interesting uh, addition of this topic. Okay, we'll end there for today, and please, God, we'll continue. Yes, doctor. Just to go back a little bit to uh, the manual uh, digital thermometer. And yes. One of the problems, at least in Israel, is that the thermometers are used completely incorrectly. They're, they they always want to measure the temperature of your hand. Even if you tell them to do it of your forehead, they, no, no, your hand, your hand. But your hand will never show the actual temperature of the body. So it's oh, yeah. worthless. <laughs> it's worthless. It's quicker, I guess, but it's worthless. So if, so the potentially, if it's Amira La Akum and the Akum is doing it incorrectly, you're, there is no mitzvah, there's no chola that you're helping. You're not doing anything effectively except you're telling the Yakum to do it and, and he's doing it that is, is a worthless thing. And No, you could argue the opposite. You could argue the opposite. Uh, Rabbeinu Tam, there's a famous Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam says, listen, 
you tell your your uh, you tell the maid to your non-Jewish uh, servant to wash the dishes. She decides to use hot water. She could have used cold water. She decides to use hot water. That's her problem. It's not a not an issue, right? So yeah, you telling him to do the mitzvah. The fact that the guy doesn't want to do the mitzvah, if he's doing it because you told him or you causing him, so beside it, you want him to do it properly. And if he's not doing it properly, that's his problem, you know? So I, I don't necessarily... But you're assuming that the people that are telling him are telling him correctly. I'm assuming that because if they were telling them correctly, it wouldn't be all over the country that they're doing it this way. I'm assuming that they don't even know. They just say, yeah, do it, measure the hand. I don't care. Other, you know, they'll set it up, for example, in a supermarket, even, you know, the one on a tripod, they'll yeah. set it up so you can't even do your head unless you want to bend down. So, so obviously the people in charge, right, have no clue or, or don't care that it's being done incorrectly. So they, they may not even be, so the point is, you're right. If the people in charge are telling the guy to do it correctly, that's, a, that's fine. But I'm concerned that people are so unaware of this because it's so rampant here that that they that they wouldn't be telling them correctly. That's all. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeshakach. Yeshakach. See you next week. Kol tov.